Section 28. A Preventive Home for Unfallen Girls When in Danger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch. There is a story told, likely enough to be true, about a young girl who applied one evening for admission to some home established for the purpose of rescuing fallen women. The matron naturally inquired whether she had forfeited her virtue. The girl replied in the negative. She had been kept from that infamy, but she was poor and friendless, and wanted somewhere to lay her head until she could secure work and obtain a home. The matron must have pitied her, but she could not help her, as she did not belong to the class for whose benefit the institution was intended. The girl pleaded, but the matron could not alter the rule, and dare not break it. They were so pressed to find room for their own poor unfortunates, and she could not receive her. The poor girl left the door reluctantly, but returned in a very short time, and said, I am fallen now, will you take me in? I am somewhat slow to credit this incident. Anyway, it is true in spirit, and illustrates the fact that while there are homes to which any poor, ruined, degraded harlot can run for shelter, there is only here and there a corner to which a poor, friendless, moneyless, homeless, but unfallen girl can fly for shelter from the storm, which bids fair to sweep her away, whether she will or no, into the deadly vortex of ruin which gapes beneath her. In London and all our large towns there must be a considerable number of poor girls, who, from various causes, are suddenly plunged into this forlorn condition, a quarrel with the mistress and sudden discharge, a long bout of disease and dismissal penniless from the hospital, a robbery of a purse, having to wait for a situation until the last penny is spent, and many other causes will leave a girl an almost hopeless prey to the lynx-eyed villains who are ever watching to take advantage of innocence when in danger. Then again, what a number there must be in a great city like London who are ever faced with the alternative of being turned out of doors if they refuse to submit themselves to the infamous overtures of those around them. I understand that the Society for Protection of Children prosecuted last year a fabulous number of fathers for unnatural sins with their children. If so many were brought to justice, how many were there of whom the world never heard in any shape or form? We have only to imagine how many a poor girl has faced with the terrible alternative of being driven literally into the streets by employers or relatives or others in whose power she is unfortunately placed. Now we want a real home for such, a house to which any girl can fly at any hour of the day or night, and be taken in, cared for, shielded from the enemy, and helped into circumstances of safety. The refuge we propose will be very much on the same principle as the homes for the destitute already described. We should accept any girls, say from fourteen years of age, 
who were without visible means of support, but who were willing to work and to conform to discipline. There would be various forms of labor provided, such as laundry work, sewing, knitting by machines, etc. Every beneficial influence within our power would be brought to bear on the rectification and formation of character. Continued efforts would be made to secure situations according to the adaptation of the girls, to restore wanderers to their home, and otherwise provide for all. From this, as with the other homes, there will be a way made to the farm and to the colony over the sea. The institutions would be multiplied as we had means and found them to be necessary, and made self-supporting as far as possible. Inquiry Office for Lost People Perhaps nothing more vividly suggests the varied forms of broken-hearted misery in the great city than the statement that 18,000 people are lost in it every year, of whom 9,000 are never heard of any more. Anyway, in this world. What is true about London is, we suppose, true in about the same proportion of the rest of the country. Husbands, sons, daughters, and mothers are continually disappearing and leaving no trace behind. In such cases, where the relations are of some importance in the world, they may interest the police authorities sufficiently to make some enquiries in this country, which, however, are not often successful or where they can afford to spend large sums of money, they can fall back upon the private detective, who will continue these inquiries, not only at home, but abroad. But where the relations of the missing individual are in humble circumstances, they are absolutely powerless, in nine cases out of ten, to effectually prosecute any search at all that is likely to be successful. Take, for instance, a cottager in a village whose daughter leaves for service in a big town or city. Shortly afterwards, a letter arrives informing her parents of the satisfactory character of her place. The mistress is kind, the work is easy, and she likes her fellow servants. She is going to chapel or church, and the family are pleased. Letters continue to arrive of the same purport, but at length they suddenly cease. Full of concern, the mother writes to know the reason, but no answer comes back. And after a time, the letters are returned with gone, no address, written on the envelope. The mother writes to the mistress, or the father journeys to the city, but no further information can be obtained beyond the fact that the girl has conducted herself somewhat mysteriously of late, had ceased to be as careful at her work, had been noticed to be keeping company with some young man, had given notice and disappeared altogether. Now, what can these poor people do? They apply to the police, but they can do nothing. Perhaps they ask the clergyman of the parish, who is equally helpless and there is nothing for them but for the father to hang his head and the mother to cry herself to sleep, to long and wait 
and pray for information that perhaps never comes, and to fear the worst. Now our inquiry department supplies a remedy for this state of things. In such a case, application would simply have to be made to the nearest Salvation Army officer, probably in her own village, anyway in the nearest town, who would instruct the parents to write to the chief office in London, sending portraits in all particulars. Enquiries would at once be set on foot, which would very possibly end in the restoration of the girl. The achievements of this department, which has only been in operation for a short time, and that on a limited scale as a branch of rescue work, have been marvelous. No more romantic stories can be found in the pages of our most imaginative writers than those it records. We give three or four illustrative cases of recent date. A Lost Husband Enquiry Mrs. S. of Newtown, Leeds, wrote to say that Robert R. left England in July 1889 for Canada to improve his position. He left a wife and four little children behind, and on leaving said that if he were successful out there, he should send for them, but if not, he should return. As he was unsuccessful, he left Montreal in the Dominion liner Oregon on October 30th, but except receiving a card from him ere he started, the wife and friends had heard no more of him from that day till the date they wrote us. They had written to the Dominion Company, who replied that he landed at Liverpool all right, so thinking he had disappeared upon his arrival, they put the matter in the hands of the Liverpool police, who, after having the case in hand for several weeks, made the usual report, cannot be traced. Result. We at once commenced looking for some passenger who had come over by the same steamer, and after the lapse of a little time, we succeeded in getting hold of one. In our first interview with him, we learned that Robert R. did not land in Liverpool, but, when suffering from depression, threw himself overboard three days after leaving America and was drowned. We further elicited that upon his death the sailors rifled his clothes and boxes and partitioned them. We wrote the company reporting this, and they promised to make inquiries and amends. But, as too often happens, upon making report of the same to the family, they took the matter into their own hands, dealt with the company direct, and, in all probability, thereby lost a good sum in compensation which we should probably have obtained for them. A Lost Wife Inquiry F.J.L. asked us to seek for his wife, who left him on November 4, 1888. He feared she had gone to live an immoral life, gave us two addresses at which she might possibly be heard of, and a description. They had three children. Result. Inquiries at the addresses given elicited no information, but from observation in the neighborhood, the woman's whereabouts was discovered. After some difficulty, our officer obtained an interview with the woman, who was greatly astonished at our having discovered her, 
she was dealt with faithfully and firmly the plain truth of god set before her and was covered with shame and remorse and promised to return we communicated with mr l a few days after he wrote that he had been telegraphed for had forgiven his wife and that they were reunited soon afterwards she wrote expressing her deep gratitude to mrs bramwell booth for the trouble taken in her case a lost child inquiry alice p was stolen away from home by gypsies ten years ago and now longs to find her parents to be restored to them she believes her home to be in yorkshire the police had this case in hand for some time but failed entirely result with these particulars we advertised in the war cry captain green seeing the advertisement wrote april third from three c s m h that her lieutenant knew a family of the name advertised for living at gummersall leeds we on the fourth wrote to this address for confirmation april sixth we heard from mr p that this lass is his child and he writes full of gratitude and joy saying he will send money for her to go home we meanwhile get from the police who had long sought this girl a full description and photo which we sent to captain cutmore and on april ninth she wrote us to the effect that the girl exactly answered the description we got from the parents fifteen shillings for the fare and alice was once more restored to her parents praise god a lost daughter inquiry e w age seventeen application from this girl's mother and brother who had lost all trace of her since july eighteen eighty five when she left for canada letters had been once or twice received dated from montreal but they stopped a photo full description and handwriting were supplied result we discovered that some kind church people here had helped e w to emigrate but they had no information as to her movements after landing full particulars with photo were sent to our officers in canada the girl was not found in montreal the information was then sent to officers in other towns in that part of the colony the inquiry was continued through some months and finally through our major of division the girl was reported to us as having been recognized in one of our barracks and identified when suddenly called by her own name she nearly fainted with agitation she was in a condition of terrible poverty and shame but at once consented on hearing of her mother's inquiries to go into one of our canadian rescue homes she is now doing well her mother's joy may be imagined a lost servant inquiry mrs m clevedon one of harriet p's old mistresses wrote us in deep concern about this girl she said she was a good servant but was ruined by a young man who courted her and had since had three children 
occasionally she would have a few bright and happy weeks but would again lapse into the vile path mrs m tells us that harriet had good parents who were dead but she still has a respectable brother in hampshire the last she heard of her was that some weeks ago she was staying at a girl's shelter at bristol but had since left and nothing more had been heard of her the inquirer requested us to find her and in much faith added i believe you are the only people who if successful in tracing her can rescue and do her a permanent good result we at once set enquiries on foot and in the space of a few days found that she had started from bristol on the road for bath following her up we found that at a little place called bridlington on the way to bath she had met a man of whom she inquired her way he hearing a bit of her story after taking her to a public-house prevailed upon her to go home and live with him as he had lost his wife it was at this stage that we came upon the scene and having dealt with them both upon the matter got her to consent to come away if the man would not marry her giving him two days to make up his mind the two days respite having expired and he being unwilling to undertake matrimony we brought her away and sent her to one of our homes where she is enjoying peace and penitence when we informed the mistress and brother of the success they were greatly rejoiced and overwhelmed us with thanks a lost husband in a seaside home last christmas there was a sorrowing wife who mourned over the basest desertion of her husband wandering from place to place drinking he had left her to struggle alone with four little ones dependent upon her exertions knowing her distress the captain of the corps wrote begging us to advertise for the man in the cry we did this but for some time heard nothing of the result several weeks later a salvationist entered a beer-house where a group of men were drinking and began to distribute war cries amongst them speaking here and there upon the eternity which faced everyone at the counter stood a man with a pint pot in his hand who took one of the papers passed to him and glancing carelessly down its columns caught sight of his own name and was so startled that the pot fell from his grasp to the floor come home the paragraph ran and all will be forgiven his sin faced him the thought of a broken-hearted wife and starving children conquered him completely and there and then he left the public-house and started to walk home a distance of many mile arriving there about midnight the same night after an absence of eleven months the letter from his wife telling the good news of his return spoke also of his determination by god's help to be a different man and they are both attendants at the salvation army barracks a seducer compelled to pay amongst the letters that came to the inquiry office one morning was one from a girl who asked us to help her trace the father of her child who had for some time 
ceased to pay anything towards its support. The case had been brought into the police court and judgment given in her favor, but the guilty one had hidden, and his father refused to reveal his whereabouts. We called upon the elder man and laid the matter before him, but failed to prevail upon him either to pay his son's liabilities or to put us in communication with him. The answers to an advertisement in the war cry, however, had brought the required information as to his son's whereabouts, and the same morning that our inquiry officer communicated with the police and served a summons for the overdue money, the young man had also received a letter from his father advising him to leave the country at once. He had given notice to his employers, and the sixteen-pound salary he received, with some help his father had sent him towards the journey, he was compelled to hand over to the mother of his child. Bound in the Bush A year or two ago a respectable-looking Dutch girl might have been seen making her way quickly and stealthily across a stretch of long, rank grass towards the shelter of some woods on the banks of a distant river. Behind her lay the South African town from which she had come, betrayed, disgraced, ejected from her home with words of bitter scorn, having no longer a friend in the wide world who would hold out to her a hand of help. What could there be better for her than to plunge into that river yonder and end this life, no matter what should come after the plunge? But Greta feared the future, and turned aside to spend the night in darkness, wretched and alone. Seven years had passed. An English traveler, making his way through southern Africa, halted for the Sabbath at a little village on his route. A ramble through the woods brought him unexpectedly in front of a crawl, at the door of which squatted an old Hottentot, with a fair white-faced child playing on the ground nearby. Glad to accept the preferred shelter of the hut from the burning sun, the traveler entered and was greatly astonished to find within a young white girl, evidently the mother of the frolicsome child. Full of pity for the strange pair, and especially for the girl, who wore an air of refinement little to be expected in this out-of-the-world spot, he sat down on the earthen floor and told them of the wonderful salvation of God. This was Greta, and the Englishman would have given a great deal if he could have rescued her from this miserable lot. But this was impossible and with reluctance he bid her farewell. It was an English home. By a glowing fire one night a man sat alone, and in his imaginings there came up the vision of the girl he had met in the Hottentot's crawl, and wondering whether any way of rescue was possible. Then he remembered reading, since his return, the following paragraph in The War Cry. To the Distressed the Salvation Army invites parents, relations, and friends in any part of the world interested in any woman or girl who is known or feared to be living in immorality, or is in danger of coming under the control of immoral persons, to write 
stating full particulars with names dates and address of all concerned and if possible a photograph of the person in who the interest is taken all letters whether from these persons or from such women or girls themselves will be regarded as strictly confidential they may be written in any language and should be addressed to mrs bramwell booth one o one queen victoria street london e c it will do no harm to try anyhow exclaimed he the thing haunts me as it is and without further delay he penned an account of his african adventure as full as possible the next african mail carried instructions to the officer in command of our south african work shortly after one of our salvation riders was exploring the bush and after some difficulty the crawl was discovered the girl was rescued and saved the hottentot was converted afterwards and both are now salvation soldiers apart from the independent agencies employed to prosecute this class of inquiries which it is proposed to very largely increase the army possesses in itself peculiar advantages for this kind of investigation the mode of operation is as follows there is a head centre under the direction of a capable officer and assistants to which particulars of lost husbands sons daughters and wives as the case may be are forwarded these are advertised except when deemed inadvisable in the english war cry with its three hundred thousand circulation and from it copied into the twenty-three other war cries published in different parts of the world specially prepared information in each case is sent to the local officers in the army when that is thought wise or special inquiry officers trained to their work are immediately set to work to follow up any clue which has been given by inquiring relations or friends every one of its ten thousand officers nay almost every soldier in its ranks scattered as they are through every quarter of the globe may be regarded as an agent a small charge for inquiries is made and where persons are able all the costs of the investigation will be defrayed by them end of section twenty eight recording by tom hirsch